0: hello friends and welcome to the wisdom for life broadcast this is pastor Glenn with another episode that we hope will bless you yeah so hopefully you're there in your Bibles this morning Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 I want you to see something about this if we think about a God who loves us we think about a God who's calling us away from sin and into holiness we know that that same God is is a God of grace and mercy But that grace and mercy is also balanced by his justness Or what we call justice, okay And so I want you to see how God's justice unfolds When we choose to love sin instead of God And this is, that's very important because a lot of times we get the idea That a loving God uh, wants to make you sick or wants to hurt you or wants to bring calamity in your life. And, and let me just tell you, there is a devil for that, okay? But, I want, but, but that, doesn't, that doesn't negate God's justice. And I want you to see as we continue, if we continue in sin, how that plays out. So in, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, it says, do not be deceived. Now, I, I, want, I want to remind you, he's writing to Christians here. And, and we, we, need to, we need to make a transition as we study this particular text hermeneutically we need to get the exegesis right he's writing to christians and he's telling christians don't be deceived he's not writing to the world so if you're here today and you think just because you're saved it doesn't mean you you're it doesn't mean somehow you're immune to deception deception is possible okay not only possible but it's probable okay Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Okay, so as we look at that, it's it's not that God won't be. It's God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Now now see where the justice comes from. It comes from our own continued actions. You know, if if you think about Judgment Day, and that's a scary thought, but... If you think about Judgment Day, we'll be judged for every idle word. It's our own words. It's our own actions. It's our own uh, walking in disobedience that comes back as a harvest to us. It's not God. God doesn't have to put something together to bring His justice. How many of you know it's already ingrained within His his creation? Way, way, way back in your Bible in the Old Testament, there's a verse that says this, as long as the earth remains their seed time and harvest that is a law that that has been here ever since the earth has been here and will be here until judgment day so we have nobody to blame when we continue in sin and then that sin reaps a harvest for us that we don't care for we can't go now God I question your love because it has nothing to he never stopped loving you but know this If you're reaping something, you're going to sow something. That could be positive or negative. That could be a blessing or a curse. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh, will reap destruction. I want you to think about Job chapter 4, verse 8. It says, they that plow iniquity and die in wickedness shall reap the same. Then it goes on to say, whoever sows to please the Spirit. How many of you know that's good news? That's good news. We're going to land a plane on good news today. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, that's capital S, because some people think they're pleasing their spirit. How many of you know that the only only Spirit you should be seeking to please is the Holy Spirit, God? From the Spirit, same Spirit, they will reap eternal life. Pray with me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, help us to understand this morning that when we've come to you, and when we've been filled with your spirit, yes, we struggle. That's part of the walk. Yes, we stumble. Yes, we fall. But we do not have the same nature. Our attitude towards sin is different. We no longer want to practice sin. We no, want, no longer want to enjoy sin. Our joy is obedience with you. We love you, Jesus. We are in love with you, and we love you more than our own flesh. Hallelujah. We give you the praise and the thanks, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Uh, The title of this message today is A Pig in a Blanket, and how many of you enjoy every once in a while, you, you get a little, I like the little Smokies, I put the little Smokies inside of, I get me some croissants, and in fact, for the ladies, the little ladies gathering, I made about 80 of those puppies for you gals, just a little bit of love coming from the pastor to your life, you know, I want to contribute, so I did, and I ate about half of them as I was cooking them, but that's all right. that's okay, I had to sample it, you know, it's it's a little priestly thing here, yeah, yeah, and we're going to talk about pigs, in fact, we're going to land in just a moment on just three quick movements and points on how pigs are with mud how pigs are with mud how much they love mud and how you're not a pig so you shouldn't be in a blanket you shouldn't be comfortable with sin you should never be at a place where you have a laissez-faire nonchalant attitude towards sin you are born again you have a new nature that does not mean you won't have moments where you will sin I want to remind you, in 1 John, it tells us this. If any man says he is without sin, that man's a liar. Are you hearing me? Written once again to Christians. Then it says, if we sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we're supposed to confess it to him. That's what the verse tells us to do. It doesn't say you're without sin. It doesn't say you won't have a fall or a struggle or a stumble on the path you've never been on the full path with god yet you're not dead you're still on the path and it's a narrow path and there will be some moments where you'll fall the the real correct approach and attitude to this should be this if i stumble if i fall jesus jesus i'm not going to go on my own path i'm not going to go my own way I'm not going to be so prideful as as to say I don't need Jesus once again. Do you know what sends more Christians to hell than any other thing? It's an attitude of what happens after they stumble. The attitude that says, "I don't deserve to be with him." Let me tell you something. He made sure he overpaid for you to be with him. The attitude should just be Jesus. Amen? Just like when you learned to walk when you were a child. You had your father with outstretched arms. You had your mama on the other side, right? And your mama didn't want to let you go, but she did. And as you took a couple steps, you began to fall. And what did your father do? He caught you. He caught you. You fell a lot when you learned to walk. God isn't in, it. God isn't in the business of saying, stay down. God's in the business of saying, get up. Get up. That is the spirit of resurrection. In fact, that word in the New Testament, resurrection, means to get up. Last week we talked about, though a righteous man, who? A righteous man falls seven times, he gets up. It's all in the attitude of humility that says, yes, I know I've stumbled. Yes, I've fallen, but I've got God with me, and God, pick me up. Pick me up again. And then that attitude goes one step further. It says, God, I don't like that place anymore. In fact, I'm not comfortable with it. In fact, I don't enjoy it. Let me flip this pancake and say it to you this way. Can you sin? You may. You might. Will you enjoy it? Not as a believer. That's not your nature. If if you are at a place where you're enjoying sin in your life, let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. You're not going to hear this preached often. The word sin, the word heaven, the word hell, the word walking with Christ in righteousness, the word holiness is almost stricken from the vernacular and the culture of pulpits in America today. But I want to tell you the truth. I want you to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. I want to be with him. You say, Pastor, I believe in once saved, always saved. Let me help you with that. Let, let me help you with that greasy stuff. Now hold on a Hold on a minute there isn't anything you could have done that have gotten you saved hello there isn't anything you can do now to keep you saved you can walk away you can walk away let me remind you this is written to Christians if it was written to Christians then that means it's a warning if Paul writing to the church churches in Galatia said watch out boys and girls right if Listen, God won't be mocked. Whatsoever you sow, you'll reap. What do you think he's talking about? If he wrote it to Christians and those Christians did not have the possibility of walking away from God, why did he write it? And then, let's go to the other side. If he wrote it, why did he mention these things if it weren't possible for Christians to practice these things? He wrote it for the very reason that you and I are here today, you're here today because you love God and you want to be like His Son Jesus Christ. Amen. And He He's warning the world. This is written for today. God will not be mocked. Hello. So I want to break this down for us a little bit today. When I was a kid, I was uh, I had the pleasure of working for a, a particular family, the Myers. Shout out to you, Rick, the Myers family. And uh, as a farming family, they were really, really good to me. Uh, I had just come to know Christ, and I was really into having nice school clothes. Okay? And here's the reason why I'm not going to lie to you. Okay? I liked girls. <laughs> I mean, I, I know that just sounds weird today <laughs> that I might want to clean up myself a little bit when I go to school and maybe find me a Sarah someday, a Sarah O'Banion and back in that day you had to have the cool you had to have the stuff it was the 80s man and i shopped at a place called chess king you don't know anything about chess king but i shopped at chess king okay and there was a little thing you had to have ties everybody had these ties it was preppy or whatever and I, these leather these thin leather ties right i had to have that i had to have a certain pair of shoes i had to i had to look good man because i'm i'm gonna get me a sarah and i got me her. okay so i worked for the Myers and and all I did for the Myers was work with pigs and I learned a lot from pigs I learned a lot my job was to build pig feeders and so I built these pig feeders and in the meantime I was supposed to feed them I was supposed to make sure that they stayed in their pen they did atrocious things to each other kinda like pastor in a church I'm serious I mean if if you were If you were a little piggy and this one didn't go to the market, come on, and and you had a limp or you had a bum leg or whatever else, those other pigs would just absolutely eat you alive. You'd never get to the trough. You'd never get any food. If you were down, you stayed down. Pigs are horrible to other pigs. And you think pigs would be on pigs' side. And it's like, (laughs) they're not. They're not. They would make sure that they beat you to the trough. They'd horn you out every single time another thing pigs would do is they would get in the mud and and and, and listen i know this is gross but i need you to get the there is a reason for the grossness i'm not just doing it to gross you out okay but they get into the same mud that they went to the bathroom in and they'd wallow in it they would just they would just they would have a ball they'd have the best time in the world it'd be like the buckeyes won every single week it was just the best thing ever and I would, I would watch these pigs. I'd be up at the top of some of these pig feeders, and I'd be putting them together, and I'd be looking down, and I'm like, you guys are idiots. I just sit there, and, you know, I'm like, why do you like that mud so much? You just went potty in that. And you know, when they're, they're in it, and big snouts, and they got mud all over their snouts and all over their head, and, and wallowing in it. You know, and I had these moments with God where God was like, you know, here's the deal. I'm up here and I want you to be with me, but that's how sometimes I see you loving the mud you're in. No, no, no. I mean, really, this is for me. I see the mud and you should have a certain attitude towards that mud. And instead instead of saying, I don't care for that, I hate that, and that's what needs to be preached today. Hate sin. Hate it. You do have the ability to hate something and it's sin yeah. Hate the enemy, hate sin Love God Love God with all your heart, with all your mind And all your strength That's the truth And so what God showed me is, is There were times that I loved the mud that I is disgusting and as diseased and, and you know Things in there that would make me sick Things in there that would kill me I enjoyed myself in it the Bible does say that sin is pleasurable for a season. But then once that toxicity gets inside your spirit, man, it has an effect over time to bring death. The book of Romans tells us that. The wages of sin is death. And we think, yeah, that's a verse for lost people. That's a verse for found people. Have you, can you mention a sin to me? And remember, you're in the house of God. That brings life it all brings death there's nothing there long term that's going to bless you it's always going to kill you it's always going to destroy it's always going to take you farther than you wish to go and one time working with mr myers he told me a story because he was a godly man his wife was a godly man they were taking me to church and trying to minister to me did i miss something okay (laughs) Okay, I always do. All right. So they were taking me to church and I had this conversation with Mr. Myers, okay? And Mr. Myers is talking with me. I'm talking with him and I'm like, hey, could you move me away from the pigs? I'm, t- I'm done. Is there any other job I could do that's like, no, you need to stay right there. He knew some things in my life that, you know, I needed to work on with God. I need to wrestle with God about, okay? And so he left me there. Can I just tell you something I want to remind you from last week? God will allow you To continue to struggle in what you're struggling with until you learn that you cannot do it without his power. You cannot do it without his spirit. You will struggle to the point of failure. Just, watch this, just like another guy in the Old Testament wrestled with the Lord until he walked away with a limp. Somebody knows who I'm talking about today. And when he walked away with the limp, then God said, you're Israel. Then God said, you're a prince it was in his weakness that the transformation came it wasn't in this ability to conquer it himself and i know that's where we're all at. that's the life i live that's the life you live so he started telling me this story and here's how it goes he said you know one day there was a farmer and this farmer had a rain a rain came it was just a deluge and where the pigs were at and where the sheep were at were near each other. And there was a huge mud pit. And some of the animals that were in the pit and in the mud, he could no longer tell whether they were sheep, come on, or whether they were pigs. So this farmer calls the doctor and he says, Doc, I I, I need to know what do I have? Because I, I got a I've got a problem here. I don't know what's peeking back through these little eyes, beady little eyes is coming out of mud and I can't tell what's in that mud anymore. And the veterinarian said, well tell me, how long have they been in the mud? Come on, is anybody with me? How long have they been in the mud? He said, well doc, it's been about two, two, three weeks now, it's been a bad rain, it's been muddy and really, really, what do they sound like in the mud? How long have they been there and what do they sound like there? He said, well, Doc, you know, they're making all kinds of noises. Well, here's what I want you to do. And just remember, this is a story. I always have to put out a little bit of a disclaimer because I have some people who say, you lie with your stories. This is a story, okay? Okay, good. So, yeah. So, Doc says, hey, go talk to them and see how, the, see how they're doing. See who they are. So go out and ask him.' And they go out and the Doc goes out and asks him." there's all kinds of animals in the mud and they say, well we're sheep we're sheep and that should be bad but you know we'll leave that alone okay that that's that should be yeah the joke is bad so he comes back to the vet he says hey I went out they've been in the mud for three weeks they're making noises in the mud like they enjoy it and they even told me they are sheep And you know what the vet says they're all pigs they're all pigs And let me tell you, sir, why. Because if they love the mud, they're pigs. No matter what they call themselves, no matter what they say they are, they're enjoying it. And I want to tell you not only the evidence of you having the Spirit of God in your life is a struggle, but the other evidence is this you will not love Sin. Because you're not a pig. And you're definitely not comfortable with it. All right, all right. So, how do we know the difference? Let me give you some points here, okay? Number one, a pig remains in the mud with no desire to leave. If that ever happens in your life, you're in a dangerous place. You listen to me. I love you. That's why I'm saying this ain't my job, man. I love this church it's my church i ain't doing this for a living i'm serious if you love the sin you're in and you're enjoying it get on your knees am i telling you you won't have sin you won't have a struggle no 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 you will but you should not enjoy it your attitude and your identity towards it is this is not me i'm sheep not pig hello difference between a struggle with sin and a practice of sin is a routine it becomes normative this is just life you know i've even had the devil come to me a few times and tell me this you know you're just a guy you're just a man this is just just this is just what men do this is just what humans do you're just human i'm not just human That's right. i'm born again Made in the image of Jesus Christ, filled with the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. I'm not just, I got Him and He's living in me man. And He's alive. My faith in my God is not dead. And that should be evident. So when sin happens, I should be broken. I should have what's called godly sorrow. Where is that? Where are the soaked altars? <sighs> Will the real Christians please stand up? Uh, it's rhetorical. <laughs> <laughs> i got to put out a caveat for everything I say. It's, yeah. You're so excited, though. I appreciate that. I really do. It's good. That's good. We, we, we are in an age where you cannot tell the difference. We're in a time when you cannot tell the difference. And Jesus said that would happen. In the parable of the tares, he said the enemy will come and he will sow into the wheat. The enemy does this. He will sow seed into the wheat fields... And they will become tares, and it will look just like the wheat. You won't be able to tell the difference. And Jesus said, don't worry about it until the end. It's going to take the angels at the end to come and sort them out. And the reason why is, is as the tares grow up, they're called today a bearded darnel. They, they, they grow this head at the top that just, it looks just like the head of a, of a stalk of wheat. And Jesus says, you won't know the difference. And if you tried to go pulling them up, too soon, you'll pull up the wheat too. So, so let them grow until the end, and I'll send my angels to come and sort it all out. Now, some of you are trying to sort it out like you're the angel. <laughs> I know some pastor years that I tried to sort it out. I can't sort it out, but I can't judge fruit, and I want to start with my life. Amen. So Jesus said, in the end, it's going to be sorted out. The reason being is. The real true stalk of wheat right at the end begins to bow it begins to bow and the tear doesn't <laughs> You see somebody somebody in the house today said you know I really want my life to be for Jesus I want my life to be obedient to him I want my life to not be about building what I want to do in my kingdom I want my life to be about him oh boy you're on the path but it's narrow it's a narrow one not everybody's on that path there's a whole lot of there's a whole pigs in the mud talking like sheep trying to look like sheep, but they enjoy the mud they enjoy the mud don't be deceived just because someone is close to the cross doesn't mean they're a believer Now, now, I want to take you back to the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I want to take you to some pig moments at the cross. We have all heard some really awesome preaching about how these two thieves were close to him. And one began to believe in him. And the Lord said, today you'll be with me in paradise. How many of you know that's hope? All the way to the very end. God's holding out for you. Praise the Lord. He wasn't denied. And we think that's great. And then we think about the Marys and we think about Mary, the Marys with John and they're there weeping and John hasn't abandoned the Lord, the one that, the disciple that he loved. And here he is, he's with the Marys and they're weeping. And here's Jesus at the cross. And we know they're close too, but I, I want to tell you this morning, there's, there's two guys left out that are closer than any others. And you probably haven't heard this preached before, but let me tell you, it's deeply on my heart this morning. You see the two pigs at the cross, and they're playing games with God at the cross. They're casting lots over his garments. And this is an entire season and age in the church today. Listen to me online. In fact, forward this to somebody online out of grace and love. You you need to know we're in a season where people are playing games with God. They're close to the cross, but they have no intention in serving the man on the cross, and they definitely don't have any intention in joining him on the cross. They're playing games. They want his garments. You see, we've got whole churches packed with people who are coming for garments when they could have the son himself it's so cheap The gospel that's being promoted And sold today is so cheap What happened at the cross was expensive And it was a beautiful love And it was, a, it was a moment where the greatest gift That God could have ever given Was given in his son to us And yet two decided to be pigs and play games Maybe I'll get his garments Maybe I'll come to church because I need a new job Maybe I'll come to church because my marriage isn't working out maybe i'll come to church because i think the struggle is how i'm doing at work or how i'm paying my bills or my car won't start yeah god you got my attention now my car won't start you know how ridiculous that sounds jesus didn't die for your car starting come on now come on i've heard a whole series from pastors preached on recycling now come on this is not this is not the struggle the struggle is with you and yourself. Well, I'll come as long as there's a blessing in it. Listen, if all I ever get is Jesus himself, I am blessed. Right. Playing games. That's thats pig Latin. Hey, <laughs> Romans said... Well, that wasn't bad now come on you just too soon too soon yeah too soon <laughs> all right so paul says this about enjoying sin here's what <laughs> first off number two a pig has no conviction or sorrow over the mud he not only enjoys the mud he has no conviction or sorrow over it paul says this okay uh second corinthians 7 7 10 first godly sorrow brings repentance something comes before something okay and then paul says in first timothy chapter 4 verse 1 it says the spirit clearly says <laughs> in the latter days or in the last times some will abandon their faith okay you hyper pentecostals come on okay you hyper calvinists some will abandon their faith and follow deceiving spirits Things taught by demons speaking lies in hypocrisy. What does that mean? To wear a mask. That means there'll be people behind pulpits that will put a mask on and it will look like a sheep mask, but it's a pig behind the mask. And it's a pig message. It's a message of mud, not of righteousness, not calling you to repentance, not calling you to holiness. He says, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Now, that word seared means cauterized. Um, <laughs> I come from a pretty rough family And I can remember a few moments Where we, we were out doing some things And we're talking uncles, dad, everybody Doing some things that we probably go away for Okay This is BC days Before I, yeah, okay and, Well, a couple times after I served Christ Some things happened But, but anyway uh, I can remember one particular time There was some things that happened We were out in the woods And, and we were shooting And we were, we were messing around And I, um, I got a gash that was pretty bad on my arm, and uh, we got back to the house and uh, just just took a hot knife over a fire and just went, you know, still got the mark, Um, you know, yeah. Step into a slim jim, oh yeah, you know that kind of mentality. You know what I'm talking about? Really dumb, (laughs) really dumb. Some of you guys are like, hey, dumb man. i never loved you more, Pastor. I'm going to the right church. <laughs> All right. That's what it means to, to, to cauterize. Imagine your heart right now has a heartbeat, and it pumps blood, right? And it pumps that blood, and, it, and, and that blood is life. And imagine cauterization. It stops a bleeding heart. It stops a caring heart. It cauterizes, or it makes numb when you do this to an animal When you brand an animal You put a seal and a mark on them And it's real painful at first But then later on When you have contact with that animal That area where it it's been cauterized Or sealed with that, that Whatever you put on it That logo or label um, It's numb Paul is saying there'll be a time Which now is When people will hear the wrong gospel And their hearts will be cauterized their heartbeat will no longer be jesus and what breaks jesus's heart will not break theirs and what moves the heart of christ will not move their heart that's today that's today it's a it's a convictionless unsorrowful life it's happy i'm okay you're okay enjoy yourself in your sin eat drink and be merry for tomorrow we die when God has promised you eternity. Can I tell you that the scriptures say that in the right hand of God are pleasures ever more? God is not against pleasure. God, God is against a momentary. How about pleasure ever, more? Not, not pleasure for a season that brings death. Who am I talking to? Pleasure ever, more. Why is it in his right hand? Because that's the place of favor. That's where his son is. <laughs> Conscience is seared. Number three, and this will be done. As I alluded to earlier, a pig plays games with God. You're playing games with God, and God will not be marked, mocked, rather, when you're looking for what you could get from Christ on the cross instead of a heart that desires to join him Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 I have been crucified past tense this is the way Paul sees his carnal man and his flesh by faith he says I have been crucified with Christ what does this mean I no longer live so I don't live this life through an identity that says I have an agenda I have a preference Here's who I want to be. It doesn't matter who you want to be. At the end, it'd just be, will you be like Jesus or not? So quiet. He says, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So Paul says this. He says, that man on the cross that died for me, My carnal man and my carnal nature, it's there too. If you want to have any success in your walk with God and your obedience with God, if you want to be changed from glory to glory, the same attitude should be enough. Right? That we begin to see our carnal nature and our old man as crucified. It's going to take faith to do this. Because just like I said last week, it's a whole lot like Weekend at Bernie's okay there's a dead guy that's in your life and you just want to haul him all over the place and pretend he's alive right and lug him everywhere and pretend he's alive just so you can stay in his house for the weekend and entertain (laughs) i'm stretching the metaphor but you get what i'm saying there's a dead guy that you need to just let him be dead and the attitude that you have in that will lead to righteousness it starts with an attitude. The next step is an identity. And then next week we'll talk about how God then renews our mind in this. Next week you don't want to miss. You don't want to miss. Is there any way that I can close? You know, Normally I close in a way that uh, normally I close in a way that's just like, hey, we love you. I know you love me too. You know, Barney said that. Barney said that You you know the difference between good preaching and bad preaching I'm going to tell you what it is It's not what you think It's not what the world says You know what good preaching is Good preaching will make you hate sin Good Good preaching will either make you hate sin or hate the message Bad preaching will tickle your ears I love you You love me That's true That's true That's very good Um, I'm going to give you something for your notes we'll we'll talk about this in a couple of Sundays though in the New Testament God never mentions his His love for mankind aside from his son Jesus Christ on the cross I'm going to say it again every time God is mentioning his love for mankind there's something about it in that verse that has to do with Jesus on the cross oh I know one pastor, John 3 16 really really for God so loved that he gave his only there isn't it so don't think that you can obtain a love relationship with God without coming to the cross don't think you can get there outside of Jesus he went to the cross you'll go to the cross but when you go there you just just don't want to play games you don't want to play games 1970 was the year I was born and man do I feel old because there are kids on Facebook <laughs> one in particular that is not only a parent but now becoming a grandparent I don't even have grandkids yet The kids I used to use youth pastor they're not only married but they've had kids and their kids are having kids now you gotta know that I youth pastored in my 20's so you know I had a little bit of a head start there. I grew up with some of the kids I youth pastored, but 1970 was a weird time. You know, we didn't have these really cool uh, helicopter parents whenever these Karens, and we didn't have these like soft soft helmets for everybody to wear. It was a really cool time. Um, not that you shouldn't wear your seatbelt, but we had those grocery getters and we lay up in the sides and face backwards the other way and. You know, if there'd be an accident, we'd just go flying. It would, you know, not something that I'm proud of, but that would happen. Um, we'd get on the swings, the big swings, and go as high as we possibly could, jump off. Kids, never do, don't ever do that, man, okay? You know, because I got a bum knee today, probably for that reason. Uh, we just didn't, life was different. It wasn't safe. Everything wasn't about safe, you know? And, and, and today, everything's about safe. And, you know, you can get yourself in such a safe place that you never take the risk of living your life for Jesus Christ and being real for Jesus. And so you can save your way all the way to hell. And, and, and I'm not here to tell you, don't, don't be a safe parent. Don't, don't get me wrong, okay? But I'm gonna say one, I'm gonna pick on one thing, because this is, there's nothing you can do about it. You're stuck. You're here. Every once in a while, if I give your kid candy, hush. Hush. I don't have any grandkids yet, okay? Now, when I get a grandkid, then we'll, we'll, we'll work that out. But every once in a while, I, figure, I just want to see their face, man. You know? In the 1970s, there was a man that was in uh, Ghana, Africa. He and his family were uh, working at a sawmill. And at this sawmill, they would take the scraps, and they would sit down with their children, and they would teach their children proper decision-making by taking blocks and stacking them on top of each other. And the whole idea was every decision is connected to another decision. Now, the Swahili word for this is kajenga. It means to build. That's the right attitude, amen? Amen. Christ and His Spirit is building you up. And you are a spiritual house together that can withstand any storm that can happen in this world. Let me just tell you, if your life is built on the rock of Jesus Christ, all hell could break loose in this earth, and you are going to make it. I'm telling you, you're going to make it because you're built by the master builder, Jesus Christ. Give him some praise. Come on. So they uh they invented this game called (laughs) Kajenga, but um when it got to the United States and when it got sold, this 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 British family sold it and they made some money. When it got to the United States, they didn't call it that. They just called it Jenga. They just call it Jenga. You know, they dropped the Swahili part. Now, if you look up Jenga in your dictionary, the English word Jenga does not mean to build up, it means fool. It means fool or foolish now that wasn't the intent of the people who put out the game that wasn't uh, the idea okay it was still to build up but funny when it got to the United States they played the game differently it wasn't about stacking blocks in such a way as you could build yours yourself up and build a structure that could withstand anything it was about how many times you could pull a block and take it away And the structures still remain. This is the attitude of some Christians today. They're playing Jenga. And it's foolish. They're, they're, They're saying things like, I know if there's just a day or two that I don't pray. Now wait a minute. This isn't how you actually stack these blocks. We let the kids put together. Right, buddy? You did this to me. Uh, I got a feeling if I just take one, the whole thing's going ba-boom, you know. But we've got an attitude in our culture today that, you know, if it's just one day that I don't talk to the Lord, or there's just one day when I don't consult His Word, if there's just one day, you know, I can miss church for an entire couple months. Pastor knows I work hard. Hey, man, I'm so glad you got a job. Trust me, that's a good thing. There's a whole lot of people that ain't working at all, and I like to eat. And if a man don't work, he don't eat. So go to work. I ain't so worried about that. But let me ask you: Are you playing Jenga? Are you playing Jenga? Are you saying you know? I know I could pull at least three or four of these out, and this uh, this thing'll stay up because you know I, I I know I know where the I know where the limit is. I know where it's at. I know I can. I know I can pull out at least three or four of these things. I know I can live just. I can dip my toe in the world just a little. I know I'll. I'll be okay because I know how the game is played. And you're talking about your eternal life, man, and your kids, and you know I know I could just pull out a little bit of prayer. It worked. You're a genius, buddy. And it, you know i've been i've been wrapped up in that sin for at least three or four months and i'm not i'm not so sure that god's displeased with me yet Whew, my heart's beating <laughs> you know he is displeased but you know it's i, I mean everybody <laughs> everybody has their moments in the world you know i you are a genius, dude. I mean, I I thought this thing was going to go. Now I need it to go. (laughs) Or it's not going to work. You want to come up and help me? Come on up here. Yeah. You you wouldn't mind pastoring or preaching someday, would you? Yeah. (laughs) That's what I said. Look at where I'm at. (laughs) So you get to pull the next one out or so. It's no big deal if, 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 you know, if my brother sins against me. I don't have to forgive him, you know. God's going to be okay with that. I'm going I'm to be bitter at him for a little while. I know, how the game is, I know how the game is played. Good job, man. It took a hero. Good job. In closing, every one of these to God is important. Every one. And when you see it the way that he sees it, then the feeling you had as we were pulling blocks out should be the feeling you have about sin. And that's all that's required, is that you live like sheep, not like pigs. Doesn't mean you won't have moments, hey, even sheep get stuff in their fur.